We've been talking the last couple of weeks about how to have a significant life. The idea is to have an impact on your community. We've been using Newton's cradle to kind of help us visualize what that looks like, how one person, one individual can have an impact uh, to the degree that it actually causes some change in others. And it's not always the, the first person that we come in contact with that has the most dramatic change. Sometimes that, that momentum that we bring is conserved and transferred until someone down the line actually has a dramatic life change simply because we were willing to have an impact on the community around us. I don't think any of us wants to just get saved and be a Christian and then exist until we finally get to go to heaven. That's not at all the Christian life portrayed for us in Scripture. Instead, we want to be right with Jesus and we want to have a significant life while we're here and then get to celebrate the rest of eternity with Him in heaven. And so we want to look at the time we have here, how to have a, a, a significant life, how to make an impact on the world around us. To help us with that, we've been memorizing Matthew chapter 5, verse 16. I hope that you, by now, since we're almost three weeks into this, I hope you've got that down pretty good. We only have a couple of weeks left, and then we'll have a test and make sure everybody can say it by memory. You won't be able to leave the room that day until you can say it by memory. Let's say it together. Let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. The verse does not say let your light so shine that everyone will realize how special you are. So many people misuse this verse and encourage others to let your light shine, meaning be special. The verse says, let your light shine in such a way that people see your good works and glorify your Father. Let your light shine in such a way that you make an impact on the lives of the people around you to the degree that they recognize God at work through you. Let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father who's in heaven. Toward that end, we've been looking at how to have a significant life. And the first week, we talked about the power of belief. That if I'm going to have an impact, it starts with making sure that my beliefs are based on a biblical foundation. And then we said, if I'm going to have an impact, I'm going to have a life that is significant, I have to understand the power of compassion that in compassion I learn to feel for those around me. And because I feel their needs, I want to help take care of those needs. I want to provide for the people around me because I care about the people around me, primarily because God chose to care for me. I can have an impact, a significant life, if I understand the power of belief and the power of compassion, and this morning we're going to talk about the power of generosity. 
If I'm going to understand how to have a significant life, part of that has to include the power of generosity. To help us with that, I want to invite you to look with me in Acts chapter 20, verse 35. If you have your Bible with you, look with me in Acts chapter 20. And we're just going to look at that one verse, verse 35. In Acts chapter 20, Paul is speaking to the folks at Ephesus. He's leaving them. And in his farewell address, he says, In everything I showed you that by working hard in this manner you must help the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus that he himself said, It is more blessed to give than to receive. Paul says to the folks, listen guys, I've showed you how this works and now I want you to follow my example. I want you to work hard so that you have the resources to help those in need. I want you to work hard so that you can be generous. So that you can have an impact on the community around you. He says, I want you to work hard so that you can help the weak and remember what Jesus taught us. It is more blessed to give than to receive. That word blessed in this case does not necessarily mean holy. He's not saying it's more holy to give than to receive. He's not saying you're a better person if you give than if you receive. The word blessed means happy. You are going to be happier when you learn the power of generosity. Did you know that generous people are happier than greedy people? Also, be very careful to hear what I said. I did not say rich and poor. Generous people are happier than greedy people. And just for the record, I know some rich people who are very generous. And I know some poor people who are very greedy. It's not about how much you have. It's about what kind of heart do you have? And what do you do with what you have? The power of generosity is is not determined, has nothing to do with the amount of your bank account. The power of generosity takes place in your life when you learn to care more about giving to help others than about getting what you want. And when we learn that power, we all of a sudden begin having a tremendous impact on the world around us. So how can this happen? How does this work? Well, it's a whole lot easier to be generous when I understand the biblical principle of stewardship. Now, as soon as some of you saw that word, you prickled. Oh, gosh, another Baptist preacher talking about stewardship. 
I've heard all the stewardship sermons I want to hear. Hang on. This is not a give to the church sermon. This is, let's look at the biblical principle of stewardship. Stewardship is not put money in a plate. Stewardship is just what we talked about with the children. Stewardship says, I recognize that all that I have really is God's. He created it. All good gifts from, come from above. I recognize that He is the King. He's the Lord, not me. I recognize that whatever I have is really His. He has chosen for a limited period of time to put me in charge of a limited number of those resources. That's stewardship. Stewardship is not just putting a, a buck in a plate. Stewardship is recognizing that God has chosen in His grace to allow me the opportunity to be the manager of one small portion of His creation. He gave me certain resources and put me in charge of taking care of those resources. When we have a biblical understanding of stewardship, it's so much easier to be generous. Why? Because it's, it's not my stuff that I'm losing. It's His stuff that I'm using. Biblical understanding of the, or, or an understanding of the biblical principle of stewardship helps me to find the power of generosity. Proverbs 3 and 9 says it this way, honor the Lord with your wealth and with, your, with the first fruits of all your produce. Honor the Lord with your wealth. Stewardship is serving God. It's using what we have to honor Him. Why? Because it's His stuff anyway. I just want to be a good steward. I want to use it well. I want Him to be able to say to me, hey, manager, you managed well. You did good. Well done, faithful servant. Isn't that what we all want to hear one of these days? When I understand my role as a steward, I'm able to be more generous, and when I'm more generous, I'm more blessed. Remember, Jesus said it's more blessed to give than to receive. I wind up being happier in life. Proverbs 11 and 24 says, One gives freely, yet grows all the richer. Another withholds what he should give and only suffers want. You see that? The one who learns the power of generosity winds up gaining so much more in life. Those who hang on to the little bit that they have, afraid to give it away to anyone, want to hold on to all the stuff they can hold on to, winds up suffering some sadness and some loss because they miss out on the blessings, on the happiness and joy that is found in the power of generosity. So how can I use the power of generosity to impact my community? How can I make that work? How can I be so generous that I make a difference in this world? Well, there are three things that we can do, and they're all pretty simple. One, 
I can generously use my time. I can generously use my time. And remember the proverb said that we want to use our wealth to honor God. So the best way to figure out how to use my time is to generously use my time in a way that honors Him. How can I use my time to honor Him? Time is an unrenewable resource. In other words, once it runs out, it's gone. We don't have an unlimited amount of it. When it's gone, you don't get it back. There's only one today. And when today is gone, it's gone. Time Time is a commodity. Start looking at time kind of like money, like a currency. You can save it. You can use it. You can waste it. Time is a commodity. It's a limited commodity. How are you spending yours, your time? I like Psalm 90. Psalm 90 was not written by David or, or one, of, uh, one of the other uh, songwriters. Psalm 90 was actually written by Moses. While the people are wandering in the wilderness, on their way to the promised land, as you know, because they were disobedient to God, unfaithful to Him, He allowed them to wander through the wilderness for 40 years. Now it was during that time, during that wandering, that Moses wrote this little song. And in the song, he says, Lord, teach us to number our days. He said, I, I'm, just a few verses earlier than that in the same psalm, he said, we're only going to make it about 70 years out here. You know, if we're lucky, we might live long enough to get to 80. That, by the way, that verse is not a promise to us that we live to 80. He was talking about what his people would do while they're wandering in the wilderness. And he was saying, we've got a limited amount of time. So because of that, he sings, teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. What does it mean to number our days? It means to recognize that there is a limit to them. A number means there's a limit. It doesn't go on for infinity. What's infinity? That, that lazy looking eight thing in that infinity? A number says there's a limit. Teach us to number our days, to recognize that I'm not here forever. I don't have unrenewable resource of time. Teach us to number our days. Why? Because when we recognize that time is limited, we'll be wiser. We'll make the most of it when we realize we don't have much of it. Every day ask this question. God, what is the best use of my time today? What's the best way for me to use these 24 hours today? Ask yourself every day the same question. Ask God that question every day. You can't impact your community if you never invest time in it. Do you hear that? I want to encourage you to learn to be generous with your time. You cannot impact your community unless and until you invest time in your community. That means you volunteer to help. That means you go to the elementary school and you mentor the kids. 
That means that you get on a board, that you serve on a committee, that you show up for the fundraisers, that you work hard to, to serve the community in meaningful ways, that you volunteer your time. You cannot impact this community until you invest time in this community. We have a lot of folks who stay home all on their own, all the time, wanting the community to do something for them. Let that not be us. We want to have an impact on this community, and it begins by investing our time in it. Another thing that we can do, another way that our generosity can make a difference, that we can, we can use the power of generosity to impact our community, is that I can generously use my talent. I can generously use my time. I can also generously use my talents. And remember the proverb that said we're going to do these things to honor God. So how can I use my talents to honor God? Did you understand, did you know that when God created you, He gave you talents, gifts, and abilities? He created you special, not so that you would be special. He created you special so that He could use you for special things. You see, in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10, for we are His workmanship. That means He created us the way He wanted us to, to be created. Some translate that word as masterpiece. We are his workmanship, his masterpiece. Created in Christ Jesus for good works. We're not created in Christ Jesus so that we can sit back and say, now I'm saved, I get to go to heaven. We're created in Christ Jesus for good works. We're created in Christ Jesus so that we can be the salt and the light that has an impact on the world around us. We're created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand. Before God created you, He already knew the good works He wanted you to do. That's how He decided how to create you. He knew the works that He wanted you to do first, then He created you in such a way that you would be able to do those works. And again, remember our memory verse, you don't do those works to get attention and to be proud. You do those works to bring glory to Him. You let your light shine before others that they may see those good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. And so it says, for we are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. The word walk means to live. Because He created us, to do these things, we should live doing them. So what makes you, you? What are your talents, your gifts, your abilities? How are you using them to honor God and have an impact on your community? What are you doing to help? Our motto around here is every member a minister. Every member a minister. Why? Because every single believer in Christ has been given those spiritual gifts, those talents, those abilities that will enable him or her to do great things to bring glory to God. And we expect each of us 
to be involved in that? How are you serving in the church? How are you serving in the community? How, how have you found a way to use your talent? You say, well, it's too hard to volunteer. I don't know who to talk to. Guess what? If you just look in the pew rack in front of you, we made it easy. See the blue card? It says volunteer at the top. This is really hard. All you have to do is take out that card, put your name on it, and put a check mark, and you have just volunteered to serve in some way. You figure out who you are. Who did God make you to be? And then you start using that for His glory. I want to encourage you to volunteer. Use that volunteer card to be a part of what's happening in some way. I can generously use my time. I can generously use my talent. And I can generously use my treasures. Again, remember the first proverb. We're going to use our treasures to honor God. How can I use my treasures in a God-honoring way? Remember, stewardship, it's all his anyway. Because it's his, he cares how you use it. How I spend, how I save, how I give, how I invest my money is a spiritual matter. Did you know that? I think many of us separate our financial business side from our spiritual side. Scripture says that you, in Christ, you are to be a person of integrity, integer, one whole, not separated, not categorized. You are one person. Therefore, your financial business part is spiritual. It is who you are. You can't really separate them. Your wallet and your heart are attached. That's what it means when Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Your treasure and your heart are attached. If we try to gather all of our money, all of our material things and keep them for ourselves, we will eventually lose them one way or another. Now, that, you may not lose them till you die, but if you hold on to all your stuff, you are eventually going to lose it. The problem is remember that your money or your wallet and your heart are attached so if you lose all your stuff, you lose your heart as well. But what if, what if you invest your stuff in kingdom work? If you invest what God has entrusted to you, you invest it into the kingdom, into eternal things, then that's where your heart is and you never lose it. Are you using your wealth in a way that has an impact? The Bible tells us the basic function for using our treasures God's way is to first return 10% to Him. That's how He funds His work. He, does, he funds His work through His people for His glory. But beyond that tithe... You can be generous with extra offerings, with donations to charities, with financial support of other ministries, with gifts to those in need, with financial support of various entities in the community. 
Think about all the material things in your life. How have you used those as a steward? How have you used those to honor God? How have you used the material things in your life to make a difference and to have an impact on those around you? I want, to, I want to ask you to say something for me. Just say this after me. I was blessed so I can bless others. Now that you said it, hear it. Think about it. Why did God give you what you have? I was blessed so I can bless others. Would you say that with me one more time? I was blessed so I can bless others. The power of generosity.